come experience the near-perfect example of how jazz and soul can be combined as pop, featuring Coachella Music Award winners Slim Man Party Band. Support our children, enjoy a great concert, buffet, and silent auction items complementing great music. Tickets are available at $75 on the Eventbrite website, Slim Man Party Band, San Juan Capistrano. As a board member of Creera, I thank you on behalf of the children. Hope to see you at the fundraiser. KXRN LP. Laguna Niguel, Laguna, Laguna Beach. Beach. Member supported. KXFM on 104.7. KXFMRadio.org. This disclaimer is a statement notifying listening audiences that any opinions expressed on our shows are not representative of Laguna Radio Inc., its management, or its board of directors. Hello, this is Craig at KXFM 104.7 Human Crafted Radio. I'm here every Saturday at 9 a.m. with Rainbow Radio, where we discuss the latest news on LGBTQ interests and discuss on this day in history. Every week I have a special guest and we have interviews. Again, Rainbow Radio, Craig, every Saturday. Friends and family, they don't understand 
They fear they'll lose so much if you take my hand, but for you, ooh, you, ooh, I'd lose it all. Ooh, for you, ooh, you, ooh, I'd lose it all. My hidden treasure chest, golden grand piano, my beautiful Castillo. You, ooh, you, ooh, I'd leave it all. Ooh, for you, ooh, you, ooh, I'd leave it all. Good morning, Laguna Beach. This is Craig and Rainbow Radio. Uh, the weather, I, I can't say it could get any better than this. It is a beach day 
Absolutely. A beach day. Abundant sunshine. How about that? Uh, abundant sunshine. Strong Santa Ana winds. Possibly uh, possible. Excuse me. The high is, uh, in Laguna Beach should be 72. <laughs> I mean, we could not ask for better. And uh, in, in inland, as far as like San Juan Capistrano, it's supposed to be like 74, 75 degrees today, the high. So it is like uh, like summer. <laughs> How about that? We're um, oh, 10 to 15 miles per hour humidity, 26%. It's, uh, it is absolutely a beach day here in Laguna Beach. I love when it says abundant sunshine. And then it goes through the week. It's going to be in the high 60s and mid-70s throughout the week, sunny. Uh, the only partly cloudy day will be a Monday, which, you know, usually Mondays are kind of gloomy anyway. So so we have a beautiful week ahead of us, folks, uh, right up to a week from today. It will be, well, actually Thursday and Friday. It's, it's mid-70s and sunny. So uh, it is uh, here. Uh, Thanksgiving week is Sunny and sun, sunny and and uh, summery, <laughs> and we can see Catalina Island out there. So, um, grab your beach chair and um, go to the beach. That's what I say. <laughs> uh, how unusual! In what month is this? November. It's like it's like November twentieth, or. Actually, 19th. Sorry about that, but it's getting close to the... Tw Tomorrow's the 20th. Yes, I, okay, I get it. So this week, we had a re really busy week, especially for me. We had a L Laguna Beach... L oh, my gosh. If you were out and about anywhere... Uh, first of all, on Tuesday was a city council meeting, and uh, I believe it was the last city council meeting for our existing city council which included uh, uh, the, well, I, I guess we could say the, the passing, I don't want to say ending or whatever, but the passing uh, city council. And the next one will be, I believe, the new city council uh, at ending the election. And since the last time I was on the air, we've had an election and a lot of things have happened uh, <laughs> big time. But I did go before city council and uh, there was a, Effort. Well, there was a, a many people there to speak to the 24 long years that Tony Eisman has been on the council and made some major contributions. And um, it was amazing to hear everything that she has done for the city. I had no idea. I knew she'd been there as, as served as mayor, I think, three different times over the years uh, because they do rotate it between the council members. And, um, but it goes way back to where she started with, uh, strongly before the city council, before she was on the city council, she worked hard to preserve the 20,000 acres that we now know as, uh, uh, Laguna Canyon green space or open spaces. Uh, it was slated for development, um, by the Irvine company and Irvine company, when they realized there was so much interest in preserving it actually withdrew and helped uh, uh, helped it get become what it is. So bless, good on them. And But it had to come to push, come to shove a bit. With, and Tony Eisman was very much active in that effort. And, and now it's um, being continued to be preserved with organizations like uh, Save the Canyon and Laguna Beach Conservancy, uh, uh, yeah, Laguna Canyon Conservancy, uh, which I do, their website, help them with their website and some of their marketing, and uh, which uh, uh, Gail, uh, Gail, or um, what the heck's her name? Anyway, the, the president of Laguna Canyon Conservative, Gail Waite, <laughs> is the president, and uh, she spoke also. But anyway, Tuesday was a very interesting uh group of people from multi-generations to the present to uh, pay tribute to Tony. And there were a lot of tearful eyes, I have to say. And I myself got up and spoke. I've only known Tony for about um, five years, six years. 
but I could speak to her character. I can't couldn't speak to to many of the many things that she's accomplished during her 24 years with the involvement with the city council, and a big part of that what makes a Laguna Beach what it is. So that happened on Tuesday. It was a wonderful event. Um, she also did get a proclamation for uh, before the city council and actually wrote it. That says forever and ever, June will be LGBTQ Heritage and Culture Month here in Laguna Beach, which it is recognized nationally, but it is also uh, sanctioned and codified here in Laguna Beach, which is really nice. And that was uh, her doing. Um, That was about uh, six years ago, seven years ago that that happened. And so I know, and she's been very supportive of uh, diversity and inclusion, which uh, we all dearly appreciate, which is a big part of what makes Laguna Beach what it is. And we're very pleased with that. So, uh, like I said, I was very pleased to have an opportunity to get in front of yet another microphone. (laughs) Apparently, I like microphones. (laughs) Someone said to me, don't give Cooley a microphone. He's never met one he didn't like. Uh, Well, yeah, there we go. (laughs) Speaking of microphones, I got in front of one again on Thursday evening. We had, for the first time ever in Laguna Beach, a LGBTQ business and allies. I got to put that in there because it was a real mixed bag and that's the way it should be. Uh, Business mixer. And it was at the Seahorse, which is actually just across the street here from uh, KXFM 104.7's studio. I can actually look out the window here as I'm speaking and see uh, uh, the Seahorse. I I don't know how many people have said the what? The sea what? (laughs) The seahorse, you know, giddy up. <laughs> it has been, it's it's an institution. It's been here, I think, since 1945 uh, was when it started. And and it was a speakeasy for a while, uh, supposedly. I don't know when they had, couldn't, well, they said it was a speakeasy, but it's kind of a speakeasy. Uh, and it was considered to be the, the really legitimate old, old oldest gay bar in Laguna Beach had a reputation for that anyway uh I don't know how they actually identified them years ago I mean there was no certification but anyway uh it was um just that and so we decided we need to have a business mixer and we'd like to have it in a space that was very welcoming and they really opened up their arms for us I can't praise them enough if you haven't been in there, there's been a lot of changes in the last six months. It's under new ownership. And uh, Tony Cox is the event manager there, and he really opened it up with the new owner, whom I met, whose name of, of eludes me at the moment. But they have done a lot of changes. They brought a real professional chef in there, and they put a real professional menu together. I had the sea scallops, and... The service was fabulous, and the scallops were delicious. I uh, Usually scallops, uh, scallops can be a lot of things, and most often they're disappointing. <laughs> That's what they are most often. And uh, I have to say, my mother loved, now it's all about motherhood, but my mother loved scallops, and she lived in Hawaii, and um, they don't have many scallops there. I think they import them, but... <laughs> She was the the official officiando, whatever, of scallops. Well, if she had been there last night, she would have been over the moon because, or actually not last night, night before last, she had been over the moon because they were just delicious. Uh, my whole table I was at, we all had scallops, and everyone praised them. Service was excellent. If you're looking for a new, different place to go, I suggest the seahorse. Try the scallops. They got some other great things on the menu as well. Um, that they have a real a real dining menu there now. Uh, they don't have a full spirits on their menu, but they have a great selection of uh, beer and wine. Great selection of wine, and they have everything from pizza, but up right on up to some very uh, main oh cuisine cultural delights um, that. Uh, on their menu or go to their website and check it out before you go. But, um, the, the seahorse it's on per, the corner of Pearl and PCH. Uh, it doesn't look like a lot from the street. It, in fact, 
a few years ago, I remember buying auto parts there <laughs> in the front part of it. And the back part of it has always been kind of the speakeasy. But they've taken over the whole space and there's seating now and he's re slowly rearranging it. The owner, he has uh, several other um, enterprises, uh, a couple other restaurants, and uh, he uh, has he's been a foodie all his life. He's a genuine foodie uh, person, knows all about it, and I, I had the opportunity to visit with him there for quite a while. Anyway, we had this event. We had a panelist, and it was very, very heartwarming to see the number of people that showed up on Thursday, and I think we will do it again it was uh, the reason we're doing this and the reason I'm really spearheading it as president of the Laguna Beach Pride is that it's terribly important to involve, I feel, commerce and business and, uh, in Laguna Beach and demonstrate that the, the um, LGBTQ component is alive and well and very much a part of Laguna and the culture and diversity and that's, I think, what makes a big contribution to Laguna Beach and has for many years. And as we push forward and look for a new uh, home, I like to say, for a which would be a, another drinking beverage restaurant establishment, gay one, uh, LGBTQ-oriented one, uh, it's important to keep... Uh, the dialogue going and and uh, demonstrate, um, I guess, that there is this culture. So anyway, it, it turned out great. There was a lot of support there. We had the Chamber of Commerce from Long Beach, their regular one and their gay one. And then we had the new uh, Chamber of Commerce manager um, here uh, who just started her position. And I'm sorry, her name, I, I swear I would remember. I said it all night, Thursday night. I introduced her. And now it eludes me. But boy, uh, she's a dynamite. I think she's going to be great. Uh, and she was there. Plus, um, uh, the we had oh, and we, we had uh, one other chamber. I can't remember, but we from Orange County. Anyway, or, or, in the Orange County Center, LGBTQ Center is one that partnered with us to put it together. So there were probably about. Well, we had 80 RSVPs, so it was a big crowd. The The establishment was full, and the conversation was loud. And, <laughs> and it reminds me of an Edie Gourmet song. It was a crowd too brash and loud, but it wasn't too brash and loud. It was a wonderful crowd. And uh, it's it for two solid hours, it went on really great. And then after uh, it was really over, a lot of people lingered and had dinner. So... I, I will do it again and and look to Laguna Beach Pride's uh, website to see when we do another one. Uh, we're thinking probably in the spring we'll do another business mixer uh, here in Laguna Beach and have another panel. The panel was Mike Tauber, who is a renowned artist here in Laguna Beach, If as you well know. He just got um, commissioned to do a mural, a ceramic tile mural, for what was formerly Taco Bell, and it is now a new taco restaurant, but not Taco Bell. It's under renovation, and they're going to make it look aesthetically extremely pleasing. Yes, extremely pleasing. <laughs> With a mural by John Tauber. I mean, uh, Mr. Tauber. Um, and then uh, we had... Um, uh, Justin Myers, who is another businessman and chef extraordinaire and uh, has his own um, catering service and uh, delectable catering. And he does a lot of nonprofit donation work, particularly with the, a playhouse and other nonprofits. And he's also helped Laguna Beach Pride with, um, I don't know if you did our wine tasting event. He did the paella there and he's a wonderful person and a wonderful businessman. Him and his husband were there. And uh, and then Kendall, who is, um, she is uh, a business person who runs a retail, major retail operation in um, San Clemente. No, yeah, San Clemente. And uh, she was there as our third panelist, and they all talked about being gay in the workplace and managing staff. And from the business perspective, it was very insightful and uh, 
very personal. They share a lot of their personal, um, you know, goings on and things they've learned. And uh, the questions from the audience were great. So I, I can't say how wonderful it was. And I want to say this too. So many people, well, oh, it was for business people. So I didn't go. No, 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 no. That's not what it's about. Please. It's a mixer. It's for everyone. And someone said, well, I'm retired, so I didn't go. No, please. That's not what it's about. It's about the culture in Laguna Beach, LGBTQ, and it's about diversity and embracing diversity in Laguna Beach. And we need support from every everyone and every angle. So please, please, please. Mixers are about getting to know your community and getting to know who's in the community and connect, connecting with those people. So uh, understanding your wants and needs and uh, the businesses that are in the community need to, to connect with the community. So please, it's, uh, it is for everyone. And uh, don't uh, dismiss it um, when we have another one. Bring, bring your friends, your kids. <laughs> Maybe leave the dogs at home or the pets, but, um, but everything else is welcome. And we, we wish that very much so. Uh, one theme that was really important was, um, inc- uh, was the sensitivity to trans, uh, the trans community and uh, how that has... Uh, you know, is a focus because um, there is so much, um, as I read the news, and I may read it a little bit later, so much negativity in it um, towards that community that uh, it's important to embrace. And it's part of diversity, and uh, I understand it. So that was a big part of the, uh, a considerable part of the conversation and then last night uh, at, the, at uh, the Susie Q, we had Club Q, which was uh, the Thanksgiving potluck dinner. And we had uh, oh, about 35, 40 people for, for that. And that was great. We had, <laughs> we had some little games and fun. And it was, um, I tell you the food, if you want a really good Thanksgiving dinner, <laughs> do potluck. Because I think everyone wants to outdo everyone. And they, the food that, that showed up at the event at the Susie Q was um, outrageously good. I'm still savoring the moment from last night. So uh, I it was difficult getting out to be, out of bed this morning because I was so laden with uh, so much food. It was so good. And that wrapped the week up this week. So uh, the next event for the Susie Q will be the White Elephant uh a Christmas where everyone brings a gift and we'll do an exchange, but we'll have more on that uh, uh, as we get close. And also, um, I should say Laguna Beach Pride will have a Christmas event in December. And we have yet to pick a location. I would not be surprised if it was a seahorse. They've been so they've been so uh, helpful and so nice and kind to us. Uh, but we'll know more about that this coming week because we've got to get it we got to get the word out <laughs> soon, <laughs> what that's all about. Um, so that's what's happened this last week. Now, I would be remiss, remiss if I didn't mention a very important birthday in my world. And I hope she's listening, but she's across the pond, as they say, in the lovely UK in a, in a small community called Reading, or I prefer to call it Reading because it's it's spelled R-E-A-D-I-N-G, but she insists that it's pronounced Redding. You like you read the book, <laughs> but she is a school teacher, so she supposedly knows these things. But I point out that we have a community here in California, R-E-D-D-I-N-G, and it's pronounced Redding. And uh, I don't know, so hers should be Reading. <laughs> anyway. Lynn McAvoy, I wish you the best and most happy, fantastic, fantastic birthday ever in your entire life today. I, she is, um, let's say she's just north of 35 years old. <laughs> Bless her heart. She has the most beautiful blue eyes and the most fabulous hair. Almost as fabulous as mine, but, you know, not, not everyone can have fabulous hair. Uh, but anyway, I hope... 
I hope you and uh, I hope Jim at least buys you some flowers or something. And I don't mean budget flowers. I mean real nice flowers. Jim, did you hear that? <laughs> and and celebrate birthdays because they are they are very important. I've discovered <laughs> they become more important uh, as the years go on. <laughs> And, uh, and I'm unanimous in that. <laughs> so happy birthday, Lynn. I wish you the best and love you the most. Uh, having said that, we're going to take a short music break, and then we'll be back on This Week in History. <laughs> as, as, I, as I like to say, maybe I can get my, uh, my tablet charged up and play some new music. Wouldn't that be good? Yes, we'll see. Straight for the sun, just conversation, no second thought. 
No one is better off alone. And I'm going to jump right back into the news here uh, 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 because I don't want to forget this. I'm This morning, I, I was going on, yeah. Uh, tomorrow, the 20th, that's where I knew the 20th was in my brain, is a very important day. Um, it is, there's a couple things, a couple dates with this uh, in mind. It is transgender officially transgender day of remembrance um we have lots of days it seems lately for all sorts of things but this one is a very important one um the transgender day of remembrance is an annual observance on november 20th that honors the memory of transgender people whose lives were lost in acts of anti-transgender violence and boy is that important Think think about it for a minute, and it's happening crazy. Um, it's uh, it was started in 1999 um, by by uh, Ann Smith as a vigil to honor in the memory of Rita Hester, a transgender woman who was killed in '98. Uh, and um, it, it you read about it all the time. There's a there's an article here. Uh, in Tokyo, 1,000 people hold a rally in Tokyo to call in call uh, to protect the rights of transgenders. This just happened on the 13th of uh, this month. Hundreds of people in Tokyo uh, highlight the urgency of calls to protect the rights of transgender people. Organizations estimated that 1,000 people, Japanese and foreign residents alike, took part in the November 12th parade. In Shinjuku, in the Shinjuku ward, participants uh, hoisted placards, displayed various messages to get their point across. Um, the demonstration was organized by Tomoyo Asanumi, uh, 33, and Tomato Hatakino, Kino, 57. As, trans- as transgenders, they work to disseminate information and raise the public awareness about the People whose gender identity is different from the uh, gender they were thought to be at birth. So that is a wonderful thing. So tomorrow, the 20th, don't forget it. That's what we need to think about tomorrow. And if you know someone who has uh, lost someone to hate or has suffered from hate uh, as a result of their wanting to be their true selves... That's the day you do it. <laughs> so there. <laughs> so on this day in history, Craig, yes, what happened on November 19th in history? Well, in 1980, ooh, two men were killed and six wounded when the former transit cop Ronald Crumpley opens fire with a submachine gun. 1980. Wow. In New York City gay bar, the ramrod. He is later found not guilty by reason of insanity. Hmm. That's lovely. 1982, a California judge tosses Marilyn Bartlett's so-called palimony suit against tennis star Billie Jean King out of court. In 2009, the New York, New York City Court of Appeals rules that the state officials have authority to recognize out-of-state same-sex marriages, although the court declines to rule on whether same-sex couples may legally marry in the state. So that's kind of a contradiction, you know? <laughs> We'll recognize the out-of-state uh, same-sex marriages, but you can't get married in our state. Mm, gee, I don't know. That's kind of thin ice, <laughs> if you ask me. But hey, what do I know? Of course, I keep telling everyone. I They say at the station here I'm entitled to an opinion. <laughs> I seem to have a few. And they haven't um, edited me yet. And they do put up a big disclaimer. <laughs> so... I'm, I'm safe for the time being. Moving on to November 20th, is, which is manana. In 1934, Lillian Hellman's The Children's Hour opens on Broadway to rave reviews and sell out audiences. An account of two school children accused of lesbianism by one of their students. The play is loosely based on the actual case of the 19th century Scotland. In 1998, the U.S. State of Texas joins uh, John Lawrence and Tyrone Garner are fined 
$125 each after being arrested for having sex in their home. Lovely. Hmm. Wonder how they monitored that. They refused to pay the fine, resulting in a challenge of the Texas sodomy law, which would eventually lead to the 2003 nationwide repeal of sodomy laws in Tex in Lawrence versus Texas. Well, good on them. Uh, in 2003, the United States Congress passes a resolution condemning all violations of internationally recognized human rights norms based on the real or perceived sexual orientation or gender identity of an individual. That's 2003. Hmm. In 2008, the U.S. Supreme Court of California agrees to hear arguments for a possible overturn of... Here, here comes Prop 8. <laughs> In 2008... Overturn of Prop 8. Oh, my goodness me. Moving along to November 21st in 1978, having raided and closed down the detour the night before, Los Angeles pre police raid and shut down the one way over alleged violations of the city's fire ordinance. Well, that's lovely. That's in L.A. But a lot has changed since 1987. It's interesting that it's the detour in the one way. Hmm. Uh, next, <laughs> in 2007, uh, Jennifer Granholm, governor of the U.S. state of Michigan, issues an executive order prohibiting employment discrimination based on gender identity or expression in the public sector. Good on Jennifer in 2000. It's always the women who step up and try to, make things right that's guys we just too often too slow <laughs> well not always but you know i digress in november 22nd moving right along in 1980 may west dies in los angeles at the age of 88 come on up and see me sometime mm -hmm. all right <laughs> she had so many so much innuendo <laughs> She had a corner on the market, let me tell you. In, two, in 2011, an independent arbitrator rules that Baltimore County, Maryland, must extend spousal benefits to the same-sex spouses of two police officers who legally married in other states. How about that? <laughs> Moving right along to uh, the 23rd of the month. In 1973, in New York City, in New York City, 325 people attend the first conference on the Gay Academic Union. The pioneering lesbian and gay studies group, which was founded the previous March, includes Martin Balmy Duberman, John D'Amelio, Jonathan Ned Katz, and Joan Netzel among its members. Nestle, I mean, Nestle. <laughs> Nestle, it must be Nestle's chocolate. What do you think? 1983, a federal judge concludes that the first National Bank of Louisville, notice I didn't say Louisville, <laughs> did not practice wrongful discrimination or violate constitutional guarantees of freedom of religion when it ordered one of its employees, Samuel Dore, to either give up his position with gay Catholic group Dignity or resign from the bank. What? Um, okay, I don't like that one. In 1992, in Austra Australia, Prime Minister Paul Keating revokes the country's restrictions on gay men and lesbians in the military. Thank you, Prime Minister Paul Keating. In 1998, Supreme Court of the United States of State of Georgia, <coughs> excuse me, rules six to one to invalidate the state's sodomy laws. Hmm. I like to invalidate them. Moving along to the 24th, on this day in history, this week, in 1955, in the wake of the murder of Sioux City, Iowa boy, earlier in the year, 29 men suspected of homosexuality have been committed to mental asylums as a preventative measure authorized by the state's sexual psychopath laws. <coughs> <clears throat> Whew. 
well, you know, just haul them all in and throw them in the pokey because, you know, as a preventative measure. <clears throat> wow, in the wake of uh, mm, 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 suspected people. Mm, mm. Well, 1955, 1967, that doesn't make it better, but it's the statement that we've come a long ways in 1965. Seven Craig Rodwell, oh, I hope he doesn't abuse my name, <laughs> opens the first bookstore devoted to gay and lesbian authors in the United States, the Oscar Wilde Memorial Bookshop. Of course it was a Craig. They're all good, those Craigs, I tell you. In 1974, the National Gay and Lesbian Task Force protests an episode of NBC's Police Woman aired on November 8th that featured lesbian murderers in a home for aged women. The network agrees not to rerun the episode, but MCA TV producer David Gerber keeps it in syndication, syndicated release. Okay, well, you know, that's in an era when you could show gay people as long as they were tragic or bad people. But if they were good people... They did nice things. Oh, no. You wouldn't want to portray them that way. And that was, if you want to see more about it, there's a movie out called The Celluloid Closet, and it talks about the history of the portrayal of gays over the years in movies. And, and usually, Sal Minio was, uh, uh, yeah, was portrayed as, uh, in his acting, he was in... Uh, with James Dean, he was in love with James Dean, and, and whatever. Anyway, go on. He had a tragic end. Anyway, uh, in a movie, name that movie. That's a trivia trivia question. Uh, let's see. Uh, moving on to 2008, uh, on this day in history, November 24th, in a lower court in the U.S. state of Florida, declares that the state's ban on adoptive Adoption by gay couples is unconstitutional. Wow, in Florida. I bet they've changed that. Florida is just a quite a state. <laughs> in quite a state. I don't know. Nothing surprises me anymore out of Florida. Florida. And moving on to November 25th in this day in history. In 1985, an AIDS candlelight vigil in San Francisco... Activist Cleve Jones conceives the Names Project. And if you're not familiar with that, that is the quilt, becomes the quilt. In 1997, homosexuality is decriminalized in Ecuador following a landmark decision handed down by the Constitutional Tribunal. Well, that's pretty good in Ecuador in 97. Could have come sooner, but hey, what you know, progress. <laughs> Moving along to the last day of the week. On this day in history, November 26th, in 1979, ABC airs A Question of Love, a movie about lesbian lovers in, the cust in a custody battle over their children, complete with parental discretion advised warnings. Mm, yes, after all. In 2003, the United States Senate, a federal marriage amendment, Amendment is introduced by Wayne Allred of Colorado, Sam Brownleck of Kansas, Jim Bunning of Kentucky, and James Inhofe of Oklahoma, and Jeff Sessions of Alabama. Well, they don't say what happens, but it got introduced. <laughs> In 2003, the United Kingdom... The Queen's speech, which gives the government's program of legislation for the year ahead, includes a bill that will allow civil partnerships for same-sex couples. Yay for United Kingdom in 2003. So, colonialism. <laughs> That's what I always think about with the, oh, how we doing on time. Oh, wow. I have time for just a few more uh, international news things. And then, uh, yeah, I have so much news that I had that. Okay, Cuba. I got to say, Cuba, as some of my friends call it, Cuba has really come a long ways in uh, ways, ways, a long way. Cuba welcomes gay rights as progressive family code takes hold. 
gay rights activist and professional and professor Adele Gonzalez kisses Adela Adil Gonzalez kisses his husband Lazaro Gonzalez as they walk on the streets in Cuba. Wow. Cute couple. <laughs> oh, wow. Cuban Pedro Rafael Delgado, a 56-year-old accountant, saw his life change dramatically just days after Cuba approved a set of laws by referendum, referendum in September uh, allowing gay marriage. For more than a decade, Delgado, who works at a Communist Party office, lived as friends with his 62-year-old partner, Aldolfo Lopez. He lacked basic rights and felt shunned even by his own family because of his sexual preference. Being gay was an embarrassment. I was an embarrassment of the family and always lived with that, he told Reuters. Uh, the amazing thing is that the government is, is touting this. It's not the people. It, well, government should be the people, but um, they, the Cuban government has um, has. It says, Cuba is changing, and I am proof of that, she says. I've seen a positive change, and there's still much to fight for. But they have um, supported it publicly and in uh, messages into the community. And uh, they're just going full, full on with it, which is great. And now Mexico has gone full on with marriage. Every state in Mexico is uh, supporting so there's some there is some good news i have to save some of these other ones i guess for next uh what time oh i do have i do have just a few minutes here let me find a good there was um there was some california news here <laughs> and that you know it's nice to bring it close to home once in a while um, there's some Scotland news. There's lots of news out there. Venezuela still has a dangerous is a dangerous place to live. Yeah. Okay. Uh, LGBTQ advocate to become Solvenas Venia's first women president. How about that? <clears throat> Senate clears hurdle to move gay marriage bill. That's it. Yeah. I knew there was some really good. <laughs> Bipartisanship is alive in our government, in our federal government. The Senate on Wednesday declared a key procedural hurdle to move forward the Respect for Marriage Act, a bill that will codify same-sex marriage into federal law. The bill earned bipartisan, bipartisan, that's, that hasn't been for a long time, in a 62 to 37 vote with a handful of Republicans voting to move the bill along, giving it enough votes to clear the 60 uh, vote filibuster, the GOP senators voting in favor of it. And we should, everyone should write these senators and say, thank you. Even, I mean, really, I'm going to say, even though they're Republican, no, but that's a positive thing. And we should focus on positive. The senators, the Republican senators that voted to support it are Roy Blunt, Richard Burr, Shelley Moore, Capito, Susan Collins, Joni Ernst, Cynthia Loomis, Lisa Murkowski, Rob Portman, Mitt Romney, Dan Sullivan, Tom Tillis, and Todd Young. Thank you, each and every one of you, for voting to support and codify gay marriage in our federal government on the federal government level, we don't want it to go the way of Roe versus Wade. Uh, that just wouldn't be nice, would it? <laughs> no. So there you have it. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's federal government. Oh. <laughs> Here's another local one in the United States. Lay Finke, or maybe it's Fink, F-I-N-K-E, Fink, to become the first transgender legislator in Minnesota history. How about that? St. Paul, Minnesota. Lay Finke will be, or I'll say Fink. Lay Fink 
will be the first transgender legislator in Minnesota House after she handily won the seat in District 66A on Tuesday night. According to Secretary of State, she defeated Republican Tracy Johnson 81% of the vote to 18 and will serve St. Paul Falcon Heights, Roseville, and Lauderdale. The first-time candidate was endorsed by top DFLers, including Governor Tim Waltz, Attorney General Keith Ellison, and Senator Tina Smith, Finky, who is a Twin Cities native and filmmaker for the American Civil Liberties Union, decided to run earlier this year. Congratulations, Lay Fink. How about that? <laughs> oh, and then Mira Healy becomes the first lesbian governor in U.S. history. We got a lesbian governor. Where is that? Uh, Democratic candidate Mira Healy has been elected the first out lesbian governor in the U.S. and was the first woman to lead Massachusetts. In 2014, Healy per previously made history when she became the first LGBTQ plus elected to the state's uh, to be state's attorney general. The Associated Press called the race shortly after the polls closed in Massachusetts. So, hey, <laughs> that's a very cool thing. <laughs> oh, and then in the United Nations, things step backwards a little bit with, um, okay, all right. I think that's it. That's some that's some really good news. And so and so and so it goes. I want to thank everyone for tuning in for Craig on KXFM 104.7 Rainbow Radio here. I, my time is up. I see Ada May out there. Uh, she has probably uh, a whole host of things she has to cover today, as she usually does. And we love her. Uh, oh, here she comes. Be prepared. <laughs> she has a stern look on her face. I think she has a big agenda today. Do you, Ida Mae? Well, I want to praise Tony together.